This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. It is Steve Alexander, Dr. A here on Thursday, December 9th, joined as always by Raphael Johnson. We're going to talk some NBA hoops today. We got Steph Curry chasing a record to lead things off. Roth, what's happening? Nothing much. We had a long 13 game night. You know, I know you guys were hard at work on the, the news for a lot of games. I only had one, so I can't really claim too much in the way of fatigue, but yeah. Great job last night. You can actually claim a little bit of fatigue because you had the latest game of all. And I'm yeah. sure Jonas, who is, is trying to have a vacation right now, was working last night. I think he worked in his car yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. And he worked uh, wherever he was last night, uh, clocking games. So I, I think you took his the latest game that he was going to end up having. So I'm sure he's thankful for that. But, yeah, it was a... Uh, between that pregame news and the in-game news yeah. on a 13-game night, man, it, it's just tough. I mm-hmm. I would uh, I would be pleased if we never saw another 13-game night again. And it used to be like the 13-game night came at the end of the season, you know, that final Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. of, of the NBA season would always, you know, everybody's playing that night. Mm-hmm. But, man, it seems like every Wednesday's a lot of games, so. It's interesting. Lots of stuff for us to talk about on Thursdays, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So thanks for helping out last night, Ralph. Let's talk about Steph Curry for a second. He went into Wednesday's game, I think he needed 16, 16 threes <laughs> to break the record. The funny thing is, people thought that that might happen. And I think people, some people were a little surprised that it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, that's how scary, how scary he is. So now the three-point, he's trying to catch Ray Allen for all-time three-pointers made. Um, he's 10 away from Ryan's record. Um, he's hit 10 three-pointers in a game 22 times in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ties it with nine. He's done that 38 times, Rob. The next time he gets to try is Saturday night in primetime against the Sixers. Is Steph Curry going to hit 10 three-pointers on Saturday? I'm not going to say definitely not, but I don't believe that he will. I, I just think there's going to be a little too much pride at play with Philadelphia, you know, first and foremost, his brother's on the team. As happy as he'd probably be for Steph to break that record, I don't think he wants it to happen on his watch because that's like the ultimate bragging rights in a family. If you can say you broke a record with your your sibling on the other side of the floor. So I don't think Steph's going to want that to happen. You've got Danny Green, Matisse Thibault. They can send a few different guys steps away defensively. So I'm thinking it's going to happen Monday night in Indiana when they play the Pacers. Just because, like you said, he's he's hit nine and ten threes in games before. It's not really – I wouldn't say it's not difficult, but obviously we're talking about the greatest shooter of all time here. So I think he's going to get it done Monday night, if anything. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And if he, he doesn't get it done Monday, it'll definitely happen uh, Tuesday in the Garden in New York. Yeah. So that would be kind of cool to see it happen in New York, I think. Um, mm-hmm. My buddy Keelan 
is an Indiana guy, lives in Indianapolis. I was like, you better get your tickets for, for Monday night because you might get to see history made. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's 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 fun to watch. It's it's not really fantasy related, but this Curry chase is, mm-hmm. has been fun, and he's he's such a good player. And the Rockets, I mean, uh, the Warriors are back, man. The Warriors yeah. are completely back. So, speaking of teams, let's talk about some of the weirdness going on with a couple teams in the NBA right now. Roth, your Houston Rockets, as I like to say, <laughs> they're, they're the only team in NBA history. To have a 15-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season, and it, they won the second game of the year in a f- fluke when they beat the Thunder. And had they not won that, uh, we'd be looking at a 19-game losing streak to start the season. And now they've won seven straight, or uh, they've won, yeah, they've won seven straight. Seven uh, even though they're the hottest team in the NBA and everybody's talking about them. They're still only eight and 16. They're still without Kevin Porter jr. They're still kind of a mess. Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, Garrison Matthews, Armani Brooks is hit or miss. And Josh Christopher uh, went off on Wednesday. Are you buying this rockets um, rise or is this, is this just a fluke? I wouldn't call it a fluke uh, because they are playing better basketball. Maybe the Kevin Porter Jr. injury is kind of a blessing in disguise in that you now have kind of – everyone seems secure – not really – I wouldn't say secure in their roles, but there's a clear definition of what each person has to do in that lineup. And you're not really waiting for someone to kind of take that next step, as is the case with Porter. Um, as much experience as he got last year playing on the ball, it's still a work in progress, as we've seen when he's been healthy. So – now you, you put Eric Gordon in that lineup, you get a, an older, you know, a more veteran influence. Obviously, he didn't help last night and he got tossed from the game. But, you know, you have that. You've got some guys who kind of understand what roles they have to fill. And you have Christian Wood, who's just been playing lights out in the post. And it's all seemed to work out this far. It, I wouldn't call him a fluke, but, you know, I don't expect him to be like a play-in tournament t- caliber team either. You know, while we're talking about the Rocket, Rockets and, and who played well last night, one person I did not mention was Alperin Sengun. Yeah. But I did, after saying I wasn't going to do it, I, I wasn't a believer. Uh, mm-hmm. I went and picked Sengun up because I feel like the closer we get to Christmas and the closer we get to New Year's, the more he's going to start playing yeah. this week. So so I had, I think I had Lonnie Walker in his five-game week, and he, he really hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I was – my team was good enough that I didn't need to worry about having Lonnie Walker on my team or not. I was trying to build it better for the future. So I picked up Shengun and uh, I'm going to try to try to be patient with him and roll with him. Cause I think once the, the calendar turns to the new year, he has to get more run. So anyway, props to the Rockets and their seven straight wins. Garrison Matthews is, is looking pretty good playing well. And this Josh Christopher kid had a, had a breakout game. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday. So I would keep an eye on him as well. Uh, Another, what I think is weird situation team-wise, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who I just did not think were going to do anything this season. They've won five of their last seven games. They sit at 14 and 12 on the season. They're right now, they're the number seven seed in the East. Darius Garland and Jared Allen, both are playing at all-star levels. I'd be surprised if they're both not on the all-star team. Evan Mobley, is a wrecking crew uh, by himself. You know, his defense is really, really strong. And you had him and Jared Allen together 
in the middle there. And it's, it's just kind of frightening. So, and then, you, you know, just like Houston, we were talking about with Eric Gordon, they've got these, these veterans in Ricky Rubio and, and Kevin Love, and they just refuse to go away. So mm-hmm. are the Cavaliers going to make the playoffs, Ralph? Um, define playoffs. Like, are we talking top six play seed in. or play? I think the play in's a possibility just because of how good they've been defensively. We're talking about, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA based on defensive rating. Mobley, he's your clear favorite for rookie of the year right now. I think everything he's done went on the floor offensively and defensively. It feels like, you know, DFS-wise, he's good for 35 points per night, just about. You know, you know what you're going to get in terms of the rebounding, scoring, block shots. His block of the Zach Levine dunk attempt is one of the most impressive that I've seen in quite some time. Um, you know, how he's worked with Jared Allen. I think a lot of us wondered how that partnership would work between not just he and Allen, but also Larry Markkinen. And it's looked a lot smoother than anyone expected. So you've got a lot of guys who give sneaky fantasy value that we really didn't expect this year, like a Ricky Rubio. I don't think anyone expected him to be this good fantasy-wise. So, yeah, I really do think they can be a, a play-in tournament type team. You know, Jared Allen is – he's ranked 27th as yeah. a monster. but. That's incredible. And I, I drafted him, you know, in like the fifth or sixth, maybe seventh mm-hmm. round in so many leagues. And that's paying off. I know nobody thought Ricky Rubio was going to be this good. I thought he was going to be close to being this good. I tried to argue okay. with you guys. Um, <laughs> you did. I didn't know that Colin Sexton was going to get hurt, though. So that has yeah. certainly helped. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, Cleveland's fun. The Jared Allen has turned out to be one of the steals of fantasy drafts this mm-hmm. year. And he looks he's playing like they're their MVP right now. So I think they're gonna make the the postseason. I don't know whether it's gonna be a an actual playoff spot or a play, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. So yeah. let's moving on to what I like to call double vision. The uh the twins, Cody and Caleb Martin. Mm-hmm. Rough at the beginning of this season or, or last season or any season, I never envisioned us talking about the Martin brothers in a fantasy spectrum because they they're always in the wrong spot on the death chart. They've always mm-hmm. got guys better than them in front of them. But Jimmy Butler was out. LaMelo's out for Charlotte. The shooting guard, Terry Rozier, is out for yeah. Charlotte. So both Cody and Caleb started on Wednesday. Cody had a nice game of 12 points, five boards, three assists, three steals, and two three-pointers. That's a solid game without mm-hmm. Rozier and LaMelo for Charlotte. But Caleb, you know, I saw the, I saw the Sports Edge headline come across that Caleb was starting for the Heat in place of Jimmy Butler. I tweaked my FanDuel lineup and threw him in there at the last second. And Caleb Mm -hmm. Martin had 28 points, which is a career high. He had eight rebounds, three assists, two steals, six three-pointers, hit nine to 12 shots. Like, I just caught this kid on his best night ever. So, uh, won me a little bit of money. It was fun. Are you buying either either one of the Martin Twins? I think in the short term, I'm buying both, um, but for different reasons. You know, Cody, he's going to be starting for as long as those guys are out due to health and safety protocols. So for that reason, I'm buying him. As for Caleb, I think it's going to depend on what happens with Jimmy Butler, obviously, but he's played well enough to where he should probably stick in the rotation once Butler returns, because even then you still have Bam out of bio out and they're going to need another score off the bench along with Tyler Hero. So Caleb can definitely fill that role. I think he scored with double figures in five of his last six or something to that effect. Four of his, yeah, five of his last six games. 
his two starts, 18 and 28 points. So I think he's in a good spot. His value will obviously take a hit once Butler returns, but I don't think it'll be to the point where we just discard him to the waiver wire automatically. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, who knows what kind of impact Wednesday's performance is going to have mm-hmm. on his psyche and how the coaching staff feels about him also and his teammates. Uh, that was a huge game. Yeah. And, and that was a big win for the Heat. They beat the Bucks, mm-hmm. And, you know, if Caleb Martin doesn't show out and go crazy, they probably don't beat the Bucks. Now, Giannis uh, only scored 15 points and hit four of 13 shots, which certainly helped their cause. But Caleb was awesome. And I'm with you. I think you roll with Cody until LaMelo and Rogier are back. And yeah. same with Caleb. You roll with him definitely while Jimmy Butler's out. And, you know, Butler came back mm-hmm. from his tailbone injury and then landed on his tailbone again. Yeah. As basically halfway through that, that first game he returned in. And now he's out again. So he may need more time to heal. So I, I think Caleb, without Jimmy, is a must-start fantasy player. Oh, yeah. And with Jimmy – He's probably worth rostering, especially in deeper leagues. I will admit to not being a believer in Caleb Martin before last night. <laughs> I will admit to it. So good for him. He, he'll probably be my shout out at the end of the podcast, as a matter of fact. That, maybe I'll shout out Cody. <laughs> Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Now all our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We've made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. All right, back to back to basketball. Uh, in the same game that we saw the Martin Twins go nuts, a dude named KZ Akala <laughs> went off for 10 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, two three-pointers, played a season-high 32 minutes, Rough. This kid hadn't played more than 15 minutes in any game. He had not made even a, a blip on fantasy radar until last night. What do you think about that? First and foremost, congrats to Casey Akpala for playing that well. Um, you know, obviously, as you noted, he hadn't been playing much. So to come in and have that type of impact when you get an opportunity to do so, it, it speaks highly of him. That being said, I'm not buying here for that exact reason. Like, I think it's kind of a blip on the radar. Uh, what he has done is likely earned himself another shot at extended minutes. But in terms of going out and grabbing him off of the waiver wire, I'd need to see a bit more before I get to that point. I agree. It was interesting, though. I think Dwayne Dedman only played like nine minutes. Yeah. Two points, nine rebounds. Maybe it was 13 minutes. He played super low minutes so the the heat went small against the bucks because the bucks don't really have a center mm-hmm. and akpala went crazy so he's a guy you throw on your radar but there's no need to rush and pick him up now if he was sitting out there in our 30 team league which he might have been i'm sure mike gallagher got there and got him <laughs> uh when he scored his first basket last mm-hmm. night so anyway uh, the same game, P.J. Tucker went nuts with 15.7 boards, eight assists, two steals, two three-pointers in 35 minutes. His best game of the year by far. You know, P.J. Tucker is a guy I never even consider when I'm looking at the waiver wire. There's guys like Tony Snell, Solomon Hill, P.J. Tucker. Like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but P.J. Tucker had a good game last night. Fluke, right? 
Yeah, I can't do it. Like, I think the biggest reason why anyone would kind of reach out and grab him right now is the fact that he's a starter. Uh, and you have those types of players in fantasy where their rostered percentages end up being higher than they should be solely because of the fact that they're in the starting lineup. I think he's one of those players. Um, we've kind of been waiting for him to be a bit more consistent with the corner three-pointers. So that's where he's kind of buttered his bread offensively over the last few years. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying into last night's performance at all offensively. Me either. Let's move to actually your New York Knicks, Rob. Mitchell Robinson gets demoted, comes off the bench behind New Orleans Noel on, what, Monday? Mm-hmm. Goes crazy. Maybe it was Tuesday. Tuesday, was. Tuesday, yeah. Goes crazy, has his best game in, in forever. Then we get no New Orleans Noel on Wednesday, and Mitchell Robinson comes off the bench despite that fact because Taj Gibson should be starting for an NBA team right now, Ralph, really? <laughs> uh, so Taj Gibson starts. Mitchell Robinson comes off the bench for two points – or four points, two boards, and two blocks, plays 19 minutes. I'm sure there's people out there who are sick of waiting on Mitchell Robinson, which we've been doing now for three years, and and are ready to drop him. I, I'm not going to drop him, but, I mean, can you make an argument for somebody to, to let him go and, and move on? You can because of the inconsistency. You know, I think a lot of us, myself included, thought that Tuesday was kind of that watershed moment for him. All right, fewer minutes for a guy who said that his conditioning hasn't been up to par. Playing in shorter stints could be a really good deal for him. But what a difference 24 hours makes, huh? You know, it, he was dread. That whole team was pretty dreadful last night. You know, I, I guess you can say it's second game of a back-to-back, but I, I'm not really buying that when it comes to Robinson just because we've only seen it in flashes. So if you're in a standard or a more you know competitive league, it might be time to sit, bid farewell to, to Mitchell Robinson. Wow, I, I'm not doing it yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see what happens in the next the next week. And and it, it all depends on who's sitting out there on your waiver mm-hmm. wire that you can go pick up. I mean, you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna drop Mitchell Robinson to go pick up Cody Martin. Would you do that, Ralph? You know, um, <laughs> I probably would. You know, wow. maybe maybe last night had a bit to do with the matchup because you're talking about, you know, Sabonis and Miles Turner in the front court for the Pacers, even though Mitchell wasn't on the floor with both of them, more than likely he's going to be dealing with one of those two. And that can be an issue for a big like him. But yeah, I think if you can get someone that, you know, for the short term is going to be locked in the starters minutes and can give you solid contributions like Cody Martin has, that might be a roll of the dice I'd be willing to take right now. Wow. I feel like the Knicks and, and Mitchell Robinson have hurt you personally. <laughs> and this is like retaliation or something. Like, I did not expect you to be like, yeah, I'm good with it. Let, let Robinson go. I mean, that's how frustrating he's been, man. And it's mm-hmm. it's been three years of, you know, the potential of Mitchell Robinson, which we just catch glimpses of once a month, you know, and and that once a month, that one time this month, it was apparently Monday night when he went crazy. But yeah, uh, I'm hanging, I'm hanging loose with, with Robinson for for a little bit. But you know, Taylor Horton Tucker is sitting out there in some leagues. Uh, there's some some leagues. There's some some pretty good players still sitting out there. Uh, Terrence Davis. W- would you drop Mitchell Robinson for Terrence Davis? Oh wow, um, boy, that one's a little bit tougher. Because obviously he started last night, Harrison Barnes coming off the bench. But um, 
I don't know. The way that Davis has looked in that starter's role, maybe it's it's something that he gets to hold on to. I think that's a decision that I would sleep on. You know, okay. we've seen Cody Martin start. But I think Davis for Robinson is one that I would sleep on. At least see what those guys do over the next couple of days, if, if possible. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think if you are ready to drop Mitchell Robinson, I think his name still carries enough weight, uh, no pun intended, to, mm-hmm. that you could uh, you should Maybe probably trade try him. to yeah. you probably try to deal him, try yeah. to trade him before you drop him. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the Pacers. We we could have talked about the Pacers when we were talking about weird team stuff because they're going to blow that thing up. I mean, can you trust their studs every night now that they're planning on breaking the whole team down and starting over. I think you probably can because they want to showcase those guys and yeah. get as much as they can for them. They all, you know, all the starters played good minutes for the Pacers last night. Like it was basically business as usual. They, mm-hmm. they won the game. They played the Knicks, didn't they? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. So they, they beat the Knicks. Chris Duarte though, started again for the Pacers. He led the team in scoring with 23 points. He hit nine of 11 shots. He had a, a Caleb Martin experience. What, what do you think about Duarte right now? It seems like we talk about him every week, but what do you yeah. think about Duarte and, and how do you feel about the Pacers blowing up the team? Um, First, I'll talk about the blowing up part first. Um, it's kind of weird that, you know, the reports that they're going to potentially start a rebuild and they put forth one of their best performances of the season. You know, I don't know if it's to spite management in those reports or if it's kind of like the, the shop window type deal where you want to show off your best assets, you know, as much as you can. So I don't I don't know. I, I think I've long been a believer that Sabonis and Turner really can't fit together if you're talking about a title contender. So we'll see which one of them moves out of those two if they happen to go through with this. But Duarte has kind of been on a, a roller coaster. You know, early this season, he looked like a guy that could kind of steal like some rookie of the year votes, you know, as well as he was playing. Then he dipped down in the production right around when Brogdon and Levert were back on the court together. 
Now he's back up. And, you know, with that report about a potential rebuild, he's, he's a guy that you have to have right now. Because if you wait until they start making moves, it's going to be way too late for that. Isaiah Jackson, you can wait on because he still isn't playing. But Duarte is a guy that I think you have to have if he's available in your league. Um, it's interesting. The last three games for Duarte, he scored 15, 19, 27 points. He's got five steals in those games. He's, he has at least one steal in all four of his December games. Um, he's shooting the ball well. He's at one, three, and three straight. He's a good free throw shooter. He gets some assists. He even had a three-block game on Monday. <laughs> so Duarte's kind of hot right now. I'm with you. I think he's a must-have fantasy player right now. Like, if he's available in your league, he should not be by the time uh, we're done here. Yeah. So, and as as far as the the other guy you mentioned, is it Isaiah Joe? Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson. There's also an Isaiah Joe. Who's yeah, he's in Philly. He's in Philly. <laughs> I'm like, he's a, yeah. I'm like morphing into Charles Barkley before your eyes. Um, so Isaiah Jackson, I know Ryan was talking uh, talking about him a lot on the Five by Five podcast mm-hmm. yesterday. That didn't really, it didn't really cause me to be like, "Ooh, I need to go get Isaiah Jackson." I yeah. think it's going to be a while before we see Isaiah Jackson do anything. I think they're going to have to blow up the team, and then Isaiah Jackson starts playing well. So yeah. if you see a big trade go down in Indy, and it's it happens to be like Malcolm Brogdon or something. That's well, they can't. Run. They can't trade Brogdon. Why not? Because he just signed an extension, so he's ineligible to be traded this season. That two year, the extra two years he added on. So yeah. Well, forgive me for not being up on my which pacer, pacer studs are allowed to be traded. Yeah. Uh, that's good information though. So Brogdon's not going anywhere, but it doesn't matter because Jackson's a forward anyway. So yeah. Do you hear of, of one of the, you know, Karis Levert would be the obvious one. If Karis mm-hmm. Levert goes, Isaiah Jackson's the guy you're going to want to run out and grab when that happens. All right. The 8 and 16 Thunder, same record as the Rockets, beat the 11 and 14 Toronto Raptors last night. Chris Boucher started that game. There was no OG. There was no Birch. There was no Precious Achua. They're all hurt. So Nick Nurse literally had no other big man he could put in there really except mm-hmm. Chris Boucher. So what'd you think of his incredible performance last night, Ralph? Well, it didn't get him banished from the locker room. So I guess that's good, but yeah, it's been a struggle for Chris. Um, it's quite clear that he isn't the type of big that Nick Nurse prefers. So I think he'll still continue to get run out there just because of the injuries and, and the fact that you don't really want to have a guy that you just signed on your bench doing nothing. So he'll get opportunities, but I don't know. I, I'm just that bandwagon for Chris Boucher and fantasy leagues. It's probably empty by now, but <laughs> the last few people holding on, I, I have to ask why you're doing it because yeah, I don't really see much there. Yeah, I dropped him a couple of weeks ago. And, and you know, if I'm moving on from Chris Boucher, it's time for everybody else to do that yeah. as well. His last two games, though, I mean, I, nothing great, but 14 points and six boards on Sunday. And then in his start on Wednesday, he had 11.7 boards and two blocks. Yeah. So, but, you know, all those guys are out. As soon as they're back, it's it's game over again for Boucher. So, or as I like to call him, Chris Bosch. Um, Patrick Beverly was out with a groin injury for long enough for us to forget about him. Six games. 
Uh, he started last night for the Timberwolves. I know when we did our five by five on Wednesday and I told Matt Straub, Beverly's back tonight. He's like, I like that. I'm picking Beverly up. You mm-hmm. got to pick Beverly up. Patrick Beverly started last night, hit eight of 11 shots, had a season high 16 points. His stat line was kind of empty, but uh, is Beverly a guy that you trust? And would you hold him once D'Angelo Russell is back from his ankle injury? I trust him in the short term. You know, he didn't have any defensive stats last night, but he's the type of player that more often than not, he's going to get you at least a steal, you know, maybe even a block shot, you know, every game, every time he's out. So I'm not too worried about that. I don't know if I'd hold on to him once Russell returns. He's obviously going to remain in the starting lineup just because of his importance defensively to that team. But yeah, I, I, I think I found last night's game interesting for how, how much, you know, talk came from the Timberwolves in a game they lost by 32 points. They don't seem to be too fond of Rudy Gobert, but that guy just blasted you. And, you know, I don't know. I'd probably temper the, the post game trash talk personally, but nice. Hey, we are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot at a million dollars every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free and easy to play, so predict what will happen between the Bears and Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. Roth, this kind of goes away from what we've been talking about, which is guys that have been doing things that we didn't expect them to be doing. But Nikola Jokic last night, 39 points, 11 boards, 11 assists. Now, when you're looking at 30 point triple doubles with 70% field goal percentage, I think I saw this on sports center last night. I totally stole it from them. 30 point triple doubles, 70% field goal percentage. Wilt Chamberlain did it 10 times. Magic did it four times. Jokic and Oscar Robertson have done it three times. Now, it used to be when we talk about Oscar Robertson, it was like elite air. Nobody could ever touch him. But then Russell Westbrook decided he was going to average a triple-double for the rest of his career. Luca and Trey Young came along and and did a bunch of things that only Oscar had done. And now you've got Jokic with this 39-11-11 line. He puts up these numbers and doesn't even look like he's really trying. Yeah. I think we're at the point where people are under are like underrating Luka, uh, Nikola Jokic, I should say, which is kind of weird for the fact that he was the MVP last season. I think he's gotten even better. You know, as long as he's healthy out there, the numbers that he's put up thus far have been mind-boggling, you know, offensively, and he's gotten better defensively as well. So, yeah, when you get in the, the company of the, the greats that you mentioned, that, that says a lot about a player, and I think he's only going to get better. The concern is, will Denver be healthy enough to kind of take advantage of Jokic's prime with regard to winning a title? Because they've had some terrible injury luck. Terrible injury luck. Them and Portland, I think, are the are the yeah. two where it's like, when, when is this going to stop? It was interesting that they needed overtime to beat the Pelicans last night. I thought when, when Jokic puts up a line like that and they mm-hmm. almost get beat by the Pelicans, I mean, I think that tells you about the rest of the, the Nuggets team. It's It's a little... Little shaky right now, but man, yeah. Drew Dinkmeyer somewhere is smiling a big smile because he's all about Nikola Jokic. Drafted him in, in all the drafts I've done with him, and the guy is a monster. So, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. for the Portland Trailblazers had 12.6 boards, five assists, a steal, two three pointers for the Blazers last night. Played 42 minutes. 
Uh, he's been playing pretty well. He's been getting tons of minutes because Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are both out. Mm-hmm. Lillard could be back for the next one. Are you still hanging on to DSJ when Lillard comes back? Yes, because of the McCollum situation. He's collapsed lungs, so we don't know how long he's going to be out. And then you're talking about a reconditioning process. But you're talking about a, you know, a lung injury. I don't know how long that reconditioning could take for a guy. You know, when you're talking about playing sports at an elite level. level. So, yeah, if you have Dennis Smith Jr. now, there's no way that you should be considering dropping him, even if Lillard is back in the lineup over the weekend. Yeah, I agree. Because because when Lillard comes back, I think they're still going to start. They're going to have to play DSJ at shooting yeah. guard. And Norm, Norm Powell will play small forward, I think. So mm-hmm. now it was also interesting last night because they started Nasir Little. And he, he went crazy until he got hurt, which yeah. was, made me very sad. I like Nas Little and mm-hmm. wanted him to go off last night. And he was going off. But he, what did he do, sprain an ankle? and Or no, he, uh, he had cramps in his calf. Yeah. Couldn't return. So cramps shouldn't be a big injury. He should be back for next one. But Nas Little is another guy to keep an mm-hmm. eye on and think about grabbing right now for the uh, shorthanded Blazers. Cole Anthony. How good is this kid? 33 points, eight assists, six three-pointers, 12 of 22 shooting for the Magic. I mean, did you think we'd be talking about Cole Anthony playing this well this at this point in his career? Like, Markel Fultz was supposed to be the guy uh, in Orlando. And yeah. Anthony's just a beast. Yeah, unless you're, like, a family member or a close friend to Cole Anthony's, I have a hard time believing that you expected this type of progression from him this season. You know, he was... He struggled as a rookie. You know, he put up some big numbers in certain games, but the efficiency wasn't there. He struggled in summer league. It's like, okay, what do people see here from a fantasy standpoint? And he's proven me wrong. He's been outstanding, you know, went on the floor. And, and last night, I think that game was tailor-made for some guys to put up some big numbers, you know, just because of the, the magic and the, the Kings aren't exactly defensive stalwarts. So, you know, good for him to take advantage, and he's a guy that obviously is already a must-roster player. But, yeah, I don't think anyone saw this coming from him. Uh, Yeah, I didn't. All right, last thing. We'll get out of here. Brandon Boston Jr. hit 9 of 13 shots and five three-pointers for a team-high 27 points and four steals on Wednesday night for the Clippers. Now, mm-hmm. Marcus Morris had 20 points, four boards, and two three-pointers. Morris is a guy that I I kind of feel like should be rostered. I've yeah. been picking him up. But what is going on with Brandon Boston Jr.? And do you think he's he's relevant now? I mean, he scored 27, 13, and 13 in three of his last five games. I think he's on the radar. Um, if you want to go get him as a short-term pickup, especially with Nicholas Batum, you know, rolling his ankle last night, he came back into the game, but – you know, we'll see what happens there, especially when you got Batum. Just that was his first game back, too, in terms of you know health and safety protocol. So a rough night for Batum. I think for that reason, Boston, if you're in a deep league, it, it can't hurt to pick him up and see what he does these next couple of games. They don't play again until Saturday, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Then you've got two, three game weeks after that. So the schedule isn't great, but I mean, you've got a guy like you said, 13 or more in three of the last five. Might as well roll the dice if you've got a spot to play with on your roster. Yeah, and a lot of the guys who watched him play in Los Angeles 
a lot of the beat writers on Twitter were like, we got an absolute steal with Brandon yeah. Boston in the second he's round. He's a worker. Like, mm-hmm. He's going to be – he is an absolute steal to draft. He's going to be a stud, and we're so excited he's here. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not running out to pick Brandon Boston Jr. up, but I, I will put him on a watch list. And uh, I, I kind of want to watch the next Clippers game to see him play. That Really, mm-hmm. there hasn't been many reasons – to make me want to watch a Clippers game this year, but Brandon Boston Jr. is is actually giving me some hope that I can uh, make it through a Clippers game at some point in the near future. So, uh, Roth, you got you gonna give your shout out now to to one of the boys? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Caleb Martin. I did not expect that at all. I, I think you look at his splits when not playing with Jimmy Butler; they weren't that impressive. So for him to go out and do what he did last night was incredible so shout out to caleb martin yeah and i'm going to give a shout out to his brother cody i remember when they started <laughs> against each other when he played at charlotte very early in the season and again, yeah coaches coach kind of gave him a token start so they could play mm-hmm. against each other i don't think they'd ever done that before so the fact that they both started in separate games last night they both had really good games really good fantasy lines like if you started the martin twins in FanDuel or or wherever you probably did mm-hmm. well so shout yeah. out to to Cody as well. And uh, both those guys might be worth a look in your league. And with that, uh, we are out of here until next Thursday. Raf and I will be back. I'll be back on Friday with Jonas and Straub to cover waiver wired. Actually, I will not be here next week. I will not be here. Straub is filling in for me on Thursday. So it'll be Straub, a professional podcast host uh, with Raf next week. <laughs> We will see you, you all later. Good, you Thanks do a good enough by. job, Steve. Later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.